When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Well, into the home stretch now, which of course means time for the panel. Proudly sponsored by Malray Electric, putting the spark into Canterbury Rugby. Joining me today are a couple of experts, of course, Robert Van Royen and Brendan Telfer. Welcome to you both. They're happy you could join us. Oh yeah. Nice to be here, Frankie. Yeah. yeah. That's the answer I like to hear. Now, Brendan, I'll start with you. Crusaders this week, they named their squad for the upcoming season. Did you like what you saw? Uh, yes, I did. I think that's a very strong... In fact, I would go, well, as far as to say, without wishing to sound too outrageous, that it's the strongest squad on paper of the five, which is nothing new, I suppose. But, you know, when I just look at a potential... I mean, there's, well... But the tight five are all all backs, and you think of a potential back line with someone like Will Jordan, uh, presumably who played fullback, Fine and Nuku on one wing, Reese on another, uh, Enor and Kudu in the centres, and Moline at number 10, and I assume Willie Hines will be number nine, the former English international halfback. Um, and you add that to the all back. Top, uh, you know, front five, and then a very good loose forward trail as well. World class loose forward trail. It'll be a very good side um, that beats the Crusaders out for taking the title next year. I think um, uh, whoever if the Crusaders don't get it, the team that does will have to play some exceptional rugby over most of the season. Because I think the other factor at work here is, of course, Scott Robertson. It's his last season with the Crusaders. Uh, he's got bigger fish to fry, of course, after the Crusaders, as we know and he will want to leave on a winning note. So um, um, for me, even at this stage, I'd put my money on the Crusaders. Yeah, well, that's what we want to see, isn't it? We've got some serious names in that lineup, and I mean, what we all want to hear is that's the team that's going to win the title once again. But Robert, I'm interested in some of the new faces. Have the Crusaders nailed their recruiting yet again? Yeah, I think so, and I mean, I agree with what Brendan said. Uh, I, looking at the side, I'd almost argue it's also potentially better than last year's Roster, I mean, sure, they lose Pablo Mateo. I mean, there's only two changes in the forward pack, but Christian Leo really comes in. But, I mean, that, the Crusaders, back to the recruitment, have nabbed some of the best young talent in, in the country. And I'm talking uh, hooker George Bell, who did debut uh, last season when they had their COVID issues. I mean, he's been exceptional for Canterbury and New Zealand under-20s. Uh, Maka Springer, Noah Hotham. And then one name, well, I just actually finished writing a story for, which will run this weekend, is uh, is the young pivot Taha Kamara who they've um, grabbed out of the Chiefs system very mm. highly touted. Mm. The Chiefs wanted mm. him, um, couldn't make, couldn't essentially couldn't provide the opportunity that the Crusaders can, which is game time in the next couple of years, given they've committed to Caleb Trask coming back. So he moves down, and, and he's an exceptional young talent, and it was key getting him in next year, which. Um, to play behind Richie Moanga, sorry, or learn from Richie Moanga before he takes that Japanese sabbatical. Yeah, like it's a squad of 38. There's 13 All Blacks in it. Brendan, you listed off some of those names just a little bit earlier. 
Can we almost look at that as a slight disadvantage, perhaps, though? World Cup year, we know rest and rotation is going to play a big part. Is our depth going to be challenged, or are those young players uh, they're good enough that when they get on the park, they're, they're going to do the side well? Well, I think it's a good point that you raise, this controversial issue around rest, you know, the, the rotation and rest. Um, I think the rugby union have pulled back a little on enforcing it as harshly as they did, say, during the era of Graham Henry and possibly even Hanson. But, uh, yeah, they're going to have to rest some of these players. But there is depth there, and um, that's the key. And also, I, I notice Scott Robinson is very enthusiastic about these newcomers that he's brought in, the young guys that he's bringing in. And Robert mentioned uh, this, you know, number 10, Kamada, who the Chiefs wanted, is highly rated. So he likes the fact that um, he's got some really talented youngsters, plenty of enthusiasm. And I guess when you match that with the experience, there will always be experience there every week on that Crusader side, even if they do have to rest one or two players because of their potential all-black duties. I think there's enough experience there still to put out on the field uh, to shepherd these young guys who, if they are given the kind of protection and guidance and help from these senior players in the side, could be revelations as well. So, um, yes, it's a potential problem, but of course it will be the same for the other four sides as well. So the Crusaders won't be at any disadvantage other than the fact that they may have more All Blacks, probably have got more All Blacks in their squad than the other four, so there will probably be more players arrested. But um, it just depends on how, as I said, how strongly uh, the rugby union and Foster want to this idea of resting the All Blacks. I see he's not resting a hell of a lot of All Blacks this week in Japan. I see half the All Blacks have played in that test match against Australia virtually are playing this week in Japan, which surprises me a little, given what's ahead of them in Europe. Yeah, well, that actually was going to be one of my questions a little bit later on, but since you've touched on it, we'll we'll go to that. Do, do you like the look of the side to play that we've actually picked to play Japan? Should we have been rotating this side? Are there, are there players you're you're either happy to see getting a run or you think should have been getting a run? Uh, well, I'm a, a little confused, I suppose, in some ways, because Foster admits that they've got a really tough schedule coming up and it's, you know, the uh, for the Rugby World Cup, so every, everyone will be looking very closely up there in the Northern Hemisphere at everything the All Blacks do. Um, and I would have thought he probably could have justifiably rested more of the frontline All Blacks that he'd used uh, in the Rugby Championship. But on the other hand, I do like what he's saying also, is that um, he wants to give these top players as much game time as he can to and I think this is one of the overlooked aspects of uh, rotation, is that when you rest and rotate players, you're depriving combinations to your top combinations of more time together on the field. And I think we saw an example of that uh, just recently with the um, Silver Ferns in Australia. They left behind one or two key players, younger players, admittedly, who shone in the first two tests, but weren't there for the, uh, the remaining two tests because Noli and Toril wanted to look at some other combinations. And sure, you can see her argument with their World Cup coming up as well, and uh, that was Graham Henry's theory. But I, I uh, maybe I'm old, old school or something. But I think if you've got a side that is working well, combinations working well, play them as much as it's humanly possible to do so, and let the rest and rotation thing uh, find its own depth when it needs to if players are injured. But um, that doesn't seem to be the way coaches think these days. If they've got a great position player in a great position. Um, they want to build strength in that position by resting the key player and putting in someone else there to try and bring them up to that level as well. But 
it's all a bit too complicated for me, I'm afraid. <laughs> well, Robert, your thoughts on, on the All Blacks for this weekend? Yeah, I mean, very similar. I probably uh, wasn't uh, overly surprised he didn't make um, as many changes as some might have thought, just given the fact that they haven't played since uh, the Rugby Championship, and there's probably going to be enough rust there as it is, um, if they're going to make too many changes. I mean, especially when you're, you're going to come up with a midfield pairing, an untried one of Roger Toivasa, Sheik and Braden Enor. I mean, it's going to be fascinating to see how, how that goes. I mean, Stephen Pettifetter at fullback. I do believe if the Barretts uh, and co were available, and um, I potentially suspect that maybe Mwanga wouldn't have started and maybe Pettifetter would have played at 10. So probably a few slight uh, changes that wouldn't have uh, been the case if, some, if there weren't so many players out but I mean and it, I guess we've got to remember at the start of this year Ian Foster did say that the time for uh, rotation or I guess excessive rotation and trying out too many combinations was over he needs to start settling on on guys as that World Cup quickly approaches next year. Yeah it will come around quick that's for sure. Also in rugby news up in Auckland 1A schools banning live streaming of games for 2023. I'm interested do you think Schools down south, down here, should be doing the same thing. They should be following along, or, or are we happy, Robert, to, to see these games live-streamed, see them on TV? Yeah, good question. That's a very good question. Uh, I'd, be, I'd be surprised if they, if they do it, but I'm also intrigued. Uh, it's an interesting move up there, and, I, and you can, I guess there's a couple of sides to the argument, and a way you can hear what they're saying, but you've got to remember that these schools that were coming out and saying that these players are being, I guess, taken advantage of in a way. You know, they've gone along with it for a long time and they're behind a lot of this. I mean, it's very, that's how a lot of these schools nab players, essentially, and lure them to their to their schools and offer scholarships. So, you know, they've been a big part of what's been going on. Whether it happens down here is definitely one to keep an eye on. It was actually one I was looking to try and get on to, uh, chase up next week. Yeah, well, there's, I mean, there's some massive schoolboy rivalries, I, I suppose, especially Christchurch, Canterbury scene. You think they are some of the biggest games in the, the schoolboy rugby calendar, but is there enough, is, does the interest, Brendan, outweigh the, the potential negative, I guess, side effects that it could have on some, some of these young lads? Oh, I think the headmasters have overread this. I mean, uh, yes, some, the, the big schoolboy clashes in, amongst the first 15s of the top colleges here is a big thing. They get ten, fifteen thousand 15,000 people sometimes at these matches. Well, I mean, if you're going to be that sense exposing young uh, players to media and public exposure, you should ban spectators from coming to the grounds. And even if you have banned the television coverage and the live streaming of it, it's not going to stop the uh, Rugby League and Rugby Union scouts from rugby NRL clubs in Australia and rugby unions and super franchises uh, in New Zealand from going to these games. So why ban the television coverage? What's the Where's the value in not allowing these young players to be exposed to a wider audience. I mean, uh, I think it's unfair on the players. Uh, most of these young, talented kids want to pursue professional rugby careers or rugby league careers if the money's right. Um, and I think banning the television coverage is just negative, probably of anything counterproductive. But, you know, headmasters do seem to have a, an ability at times to be very heavy-handed with a lot of things. They do, and here's another example of it, that they've um, overreacted and... Um, uh, yeah, maybe the South Island schools uh, should pick up the slack here because I'm sure Sky or whoever it is that wants to televise these matches would be keen to do so.
yeah, I'm sure there'll be plenty of debate over it to come, that's for sure. Like A little bit of uh, touch on the cricket before I have to let you two gentlemen go. Obviously, massive win for the Black Caps to start their T20 World Cup campaign off. Is that win at the start, is that enough to actually suggest, yeah, this Black Caps team is going to be there or thereabouts, Robert, when it comes to finals time? Uh, certainly good signs. I mean, as you know all too well, and Tech 2020 is such a fickle game, isn't it? And uh, it only takes one player on their day to pull up, you know, a special knock or a fine bowling performance to, to essentially win a match for a side. So, look, great signs. Uh, a real shame that the Afghanistan match was was rained mm. off. And, and that's a very tight group, New Zealand. Isn't it? There's only, between New Zealand and the bottom side, there's only two points in it. So, and with how lousy that weather's been over in Australia, fingers crossed uh, they don't lose too many more um, matches to rain. I mean, going back to the fickle nature, I mean, look, we've seen uh, Zimbabwe's great result. We saw Ireland beat England, of course, so, and then, you know, West Indies didn't even qualify. So, look, great tournament so far, and looks like the weather forecast is good for the Black Caps Sri Lanka match. Um, but, hey, what a start that was, and, and the form that Devin Conway's in, um, and if Finn Allen can keep getting them off to those flyers, you know, how good was that seeing him take it to that, that those three Australian quicks early doors? Um, look, the, sign, the signs are very pleasing. Of course, I'm sure we all still want to see a little bit more out of Kane Williamson um, with the bat. But look, a very encouraging start and, and definitely nice to see some catches stuck too after what happened in Christchurch. Yeah, especially that specky from Glenn Phillips. Definitely some positive signs for me. But I, I suppose there's probably two questions around players, Brendan. Does Daryl Mitchell come straight back into that side once he is over that little uh, little finger injury that he that he picked up in that tri-series? And does the emergence of Finn Allen at the top maybe start signalling the end for Martin Guptill? Uh Yes, I think it does. Um, as for Daryl Mitchell, who does he replace? Yeah, well, that's the, that's the question, isn't it? Chapman probably um, looms as the... Chapman. Yeah, Chapman. Um, Nisham, maybe. But no, I think Nisham did enough in that match against Australia to justify his selection. I mean, I don't think you would change your winning lineup, do you? I think they'll stay with the same lineup, and um, they could... Because this is a key match, because it is so tight, as Robert pointed out, that every team in the group has got a point after just two rounds. And mm. so uh, there will be other upsets. We've seen them as well. Uh, couple of nights ago, uh, England took Ireland, I don't think seriously enough, bowled poorly uh, at the start of the match and Ireland grabbed the initiative and, and the rain came and helped them a bit as well. Uh, and the weather might probably play a part in other matches and it's a cool thing. But the point that the one point that, you, that the Black Caps missed out on because of the rain, and I know that's a bit condescending saying they were taking for granted they would have beaten Afghanistan. I'm not quite saying that because they've got a very good three-pronged spin attack, um, but you would, they probably would have won that match, and that might have been just about enough to have gotten one of the two spots in their group into the, um, into the semi-finals. Now it's not so much the case, and if they get another match rained off, uh, they could miss out because of the weather. But that's the fickle nature of uh, T20 cricket, I suppose, or uh, cricket full stop. But um, no, they can't the laurels, uh, even though that was one of their best wins ever against Australia. Uh, India, I think, are coming right. Kohli, I think, is another big knock from Kohli yesterday. It's two and two or three days. So India are starting to really emerge as a team. Could be India final. I don't know. Black Caps 
could be, should be. Hopefully, he'll be in the semi-finals. But um, I think it's come of age actually at T20. Up until now, most of us have been kind of condescending and dismissive of T20. Oh yes, it's nice for a bit of it, laugh and a bit of entertainment for an hour, an hour and a half. But um, I think a lot of uh, critics now are starting to give far more credibility to T20 because of what we've seen over the last week than we have in the past, and uh, that's a good thing. I think probably. 50 over cricket might have suffered a bit of a setback this week, overtaken properly now by T20 as the second best form of international cricket. Yeah, well, when you see how close those games are and the nail biters and the upsets, it's it's what every sports fan wants to see, really. So, yeah, yeah I, I can't mm, wait to see sure. how, how it turns up. But I, I want to say a big thanks to both of you. Thank you so much for your time today. Excellent, as always. We could do this all morning, I'm sure, but the show is only, unfortunately, an hour long. So thanks very much, and enjoy the rest of your weekend, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Well, that's it. That's all we have time for today. It's been a jam-packed show. Heaps of sport going on this weekend as well. The Kiwis in action as we speak. The Black Ferns, the All Blacks, the Black Caps, well, they're all on tonight. It's a sports fan's dream at the moment. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed, and we will be back same time, same place, next Saturday morning. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.